Welcome to Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy. Welcome to ESAI Energy's ongoing series of podcasts, and I'm joined today by Sarah Emerson, ESAI Energy's Global Crude Analyst. And we're sitting here just a few days away from the December 5th and 6th OPEC meetings. And uh, Sarah, we're at $61. And is the current crude oil price really justified by supply demand fundamentals? Well, you know, it's funny how you look at this. Some analysts believe the price uh, would be lower if not for support of geopolitical factors like the sanctions on Iran and Venezuela. Other analysts believe the price would be higher if not for the U.S.-China trade dispute and the threat to economic growth in China and its trading partners. I tend to be in the latter camp. I actually think the price would be higher just based on supply and demand. Even though demand is weak and non-OPEC supply is strong, uh, that is, it's growing quickly, um, we've had just a tremendous drop in OPEC output. We've lost 3 million barrels a day of OPEC output since the end of 2018. Really? Yes. Remarkable amount. What will OPEC Plus do at the, the upcoming meeting? Well, again, it comes back to this perception of the market. Is it oversupplied, undersupplied? Should the prices be higher or lower? There are many people who believe prices are being supported, as I said, by these geopolitical developments, and without them, the price would be lower. So there has been discussion about either extending the existing production cuts or making deeper production cuts. It is our view that they will extend the existing production cuts and not actually be able to make deeper cuts. Moreover, we don't really think they need to make deeper cuts. So who do you think is in favor of cutting production? Well, it's interesting. Over the weekend, the Iraqi oil minister talked about this. And now there are rumors that Saudi Arabia wants to have deeper cuts to the tune of something like 400,000 barrels a day. Additional cuts, that would take the entire group's reduction from 1.2 million barrels a day to 1.6 million barrels a day. And of course, there is sort of concerns or thoughts among some analysts that the Saudi intention here is to sort of bring a little bullish surprise to the market in an effort to lift prices and perhaps bulwark the value of their IPO. I see. So you think that the Saudi Aramco IPO figures into their production policy? I think it does just because of the odd coincidence of this meeting and the share sale essentially falling on the same week. So I do believe there is an effort to have at least a moderately bullish outcome. Whether that requires extending the cut or having deeper cuts depends a lot on how you see the fundamentals that we were talking about at the beginning. I see. So what would it take to lift prices back to $70? Is is the status quo enough? Well, the difficulty now is this discussion of a deeper production cut is kind of lifting expectations. And the concern now is, since those expectations have been lifted, if you don't do a deeper cut, the market will respond with a sort of disappointment. And we could actually see prices soften or stay soft, really based on market perception. However, even if you just extend the existing production cut, we still think that we should see some stock draws. The third quarter of 2019 was a tight quarter globally, and we're just beginning to see that in the inventory data. There's a lag here on that information. As that information becomes more widely seen, I think there actually could be some supply-demand support. At the same time, we do think there'll be more demand for crude to make some more marine gas oil for the IMO specification beginning. 
But of course, these all are factors that are on the supply-demand side, and it doesn't necessarily address the macroeconomic sentiment, which, as I said earlier, in some quarters is quite bearish. So Sarah, you mentioned that current OPEC plus uh, reductions are at 1.2 million barrels per day. But uh, how has compliance been lately, and where do you see it going? Well, the current target is 1.2 million. Uh, not every country has complied fully. And then, of course, Saudi Arabia has overcomplied. So it's sort of a mixed bag of compliance. What's interesting about the meeting this week is that most of the members who have overcomplied want those who have not complied to obviously improve their compliance. So they want a little bit less cheating, if you will, on the agreed upon target. And if you add to that the fact that the Saudis are interested in having even 400,000 barrels a day of a greater reduction, you really have two issues to deal with. One, can you all agree to cut more? And probably more importantly, can those who have not complied agree to comply? Um, and it's interesting. I think the powers that be at OPEC have made progress in this area. They have, for four of the countries, they have increased or they have changed the baseline for their target production to make it easier for them to comply. The most notable of these four countries is Nigeria. The other three are Ecuador, Malaysia, and Brunei. And so now Nigeria has claimed it is now in compliance. If that is indeed true, that's in part because the target for their production has been changed to make it easier to comply. When you add up all of these changes in target, it actually made compliance easier to the tune of 234,000 barrels a day across those four countries. So. What's happened is I think compliance is actually going to statistically look better at the 1.2 cut. The idea is, well, if we can get compliance to improve at that level, let's go further and get to a 1.6 target for the entire group and not just the group with Saudi overcomplying. It's a complicated issue. It sure is. So what do the fundamentals look like for 2020? Well, as you know, oil demand has been very weak the last two years, 18 and 19. And we do see oil demand having a little recovery in 2020, probably growing at about 1.2 million barrels a day, which interestingly enough is becoming sort of a consensus volume um, from various forecasters, including ourselves. Um, in addition to that, you have non-OPEC supply. And it's interesting that we see U.S. shale production decelerating next year, not turning negative, obviously, but decelerating to a number closer to 650,000 barrels a day of growth, as opposed to the 1.1 plus that we've seen over the last two years. Oddly enough, at the very same time that we see shale decelerating, we see more capacity or more production coming out of the North Sea and Latin America. So the fundamentals next year are very delicately poised for a balanced to slightly soft market if OPEC extends the existing production cut. If they do more, as the Saudis have suggested, of cutting an additional 400,000 barrels a day, they actually could force a fairly balanced market. I see. Well, we'll all be watching carefully. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy.